You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's turn after show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's turn after show. Hey, guys. What's up? Tell it real quiet like it is. Let's whisper during the entire podcast. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> Welcome to the turn after show at AfterBuzz TV, your one and only spot for after show entertainment. I am your host, Captain Ryan Hooks. We are here for episode number four, Eternity How Long. Thanks for tuning in. We got an amazing panel here today. Joining me on the panel, Lieutenant Megan Salinas. Hi, everybody. Out of the pickle jar, <laughs> Captain Joyce. At your service. <laughs> Beside me, Dylan Chance. Unranked. I don't even have a title. <laughs> Man, this Listen, is horrible. as we've major. learned in this week, you can lose your title real fast. Real fast. So we'll, this is TBD. It's okay, I'm a spy. He's a spy, and we'll see what happens. We're going to go from there. Well, maybe you can work your way at, back up to being major. Yeah, you know, bottom of the totem pole. Maybe, work uh, my way back up. maybe a field commission for killing somebody. Done. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I just realized you are Captain Hooks. I, I have been Captain Hooks for two decades, so I never have okay. to change my rank. Captain Hooks all the time. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about Turn. So, uh, episode four, what do you guys think so far? I liked this one. I was a little disappointed that we don't get Robert Rogers again in this episode. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. But this was a good episode, and it was a very different take on you know what we've seen. It was kind of a focus back again on the small town right. and the goings on in this small town, and how what you know what would possibly be used to incite this town to rebellion. And so that was very interesting to see and see how that was turned on its head. Yeah, yep. I agree. I liked that. Almost everybody in this episode, all the characters were conflicted in some way, and it was nice to see. Well, not nice, but <laughs> it was it was good to see um, the conflict that Richard Abe's dad was kind of going through. I mean, he he was so unstaggering in his faith with the red coats and stuff. It was interesting to see his character change. Yeah, this was a good one for uh, character development between the townspeople and Abe and his father and whatnot. You know, we missed Simcoe. No Simcoe. What's he doing? Oh, Where's he this at? Week, yeah. uh, um, up to no good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyways, yeah, it was just, I liked it. I liked the character development. Uh, you see Abe getting a little more ballsy. Um, <laughs> didn't know how else to say that. Um, and, works. you know, he's now he's threatening people. He's getting in there. It's, it's looking good. Yeah, I agree. That was a, a big turning point because I think this small town conflict is what's going to drive the character development of Abe and we're going to get him, you know, this is what's going to cause him that breaking point. Where This is going to push him to become the spy that we're going to hope he is. So speaking of Richard and Simcoe, Big shout-outs to our friends on Twitter, Kevin McNally and Sammy Roken. That's so Thanks, cool. guys, for all your support. <laughs> we appreciate you guys so much for tweeting at us and all that. And also, uh, Simcoe is going to be calling into the show here in a couple weeks. Ooh. So stay tuned. We will have more details on the official date when that happens. 
But he'll be calling in live from merry old England. So exciting. I know. it's gonna be. We can grill him about Yay. being a jerk and how much we like him <laughs> He's probably and hate him at the same time. He's probably so nice in real life. Well, we'll find out we'll here find soon out. enough. Yeah. Soon enough. All right. So let's talk this week first off about our good friend Caleb. Because oh, I know that's oh, that's why not start with Caleb because that's what men do. He's still my favorite. <laughs> he was barely even in this week's episode, and he's still everyone's yeah. favorite. Well, they were still doing important stuff. They were doing yeah. important stuff. So he and Ben were trying to smuggle in the letter that Abe sent them. Had the information about the Hessian soldiers and how they were going to be active throughout the winter time, and this was information that they thought was really relevant. The general burned the note and tossed it. General Scott, get it together, God. Scott. Where is his foresight? Well, you know, he did that because he wouldn't tell him the name of his uh, yeah. trusted source. And he's like, oh, if you don't trust me, man, can't trust you, can't trust this guy. I, I really letter. liked that moment, though. Not not that Scott burned the letter, but I really liked that, that they didn't sell Abe out. Right. Because, you know, that's kind of, again, the point of aspiring is you limit the amount of information coming in and out. And um, and it shows that even though they're not being one hundred percent honest with Abe, they're being as true to him as they can, and they're they're honoring you know what they promised him. Even if Zinka's yeah. still alive, but <laughs> they're trying. Story. They're trying their best. I like that they didn't stop at the burned letter. That you know they they found another way to get that letter to Washington. And I love how they were justifying it. What was Caleb's quote? It, it isn't treason if it's for a good reason. <laughs> ah, it ain't treason if there's a reason. Yeah, if there's a good reason. Yeah. yeah. I re- oh I my gosh. That down, yeah. <laughs> I see, that's like one of my daily quotes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it you and Caleb are like. I know. Dylan's over there causing This is why you're not a major anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be in the pickle jar before too long if you're not careful. See how it feels. Yeah. I'm going to shrink you down a little bit. <laughs> but no, and I like, too, that they didn't give up on this uh, as a way to try to figure out how to get the information across. And I thought that was a really good plan to, like, smuggle it in, basically. It's like Congress. I mean, look, this is the, the future of Congress. <laughs> oh, my God. Co-tailing bill information. Perfect. They do that. They right? sneak them on at the bottom of it. Man, here's Obamacare just sliding in the back of something else. Man. Well, they did it with that Monsanto act, too. Ooh, Listen, boy. we're not going to get into yeah, the politics. Yeah, we'll be here all night. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great idea, a great concept, and it ended up working. There was a little bit of drama as he read out the letter. I, I got nervous thinking that he was going to find flip the page, flip the page. But it kind of um, was a testament to how I, I forgot what his name was—the guy that burned the letter, General Scott. General, General Scott. Scott. Um, it's kind of a testament to how, like, kind of. Like nonchalant he is about all that stuff. I, you know, he he's so easy. It's so easy for him to just kind of disregard. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it, this is okay. That's fine. Him him not turning the page and kind of not reading past the first page is totally. It's like nice. nowadays, like when people on Facebook just read the title of an article and then comment all about it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they they share it without he, reading he's like it. Choosing to be ignorant without knowing. He's got more important things that. to do. <laughs> he's a busy to man. read a full report. Oh, God. I, have people for, I have people report. for that. Yeah. <laughs> not to pull from The Simpsons too much because I do that in my everyday life, but I was elected to lead, not to read. That's right. Yeah. Did you put your TPS reports in the right order or anything? <laughs> new, new cover page? Memo? I'll get you that memo. We'll send it right well, over. Well, I was terrified actually when he was reading it out because I thought at that moment he was totally calling their bluff because he's yeah. reading it out loud. And the way he and, was reading it. And like it looked kind of like the way it was shot it kind of looked like he was reprimanding them wasn't he like wow. oh so i i was terrified i was like oh shoot they are in so much trouble and they did that little dramatic tease where one <laughs> yeah, just see the line across the top it's like sweat drops <laughs> <laughs> but it worked and we got so excited this week all of us were in there watching the show and they showed washington's desk <laughs> like that was I enough was really 
hoping to see Washington. In the previews, did we see the back of Washington? It, well, it looked like they were on the Delaware. Like right? that to me was what that you know looked like. I really, I'm really curious to see how they're going to portray him. Washington's going back. to portray him. Well, yeah. and it was really funny what you know what Caleb said. You know, like oh, of course he's going to read what we wrote. What else does he have to do? And again, just seeing all the letters that were just completely covering mm-hmm. his desk. It, it's just another thing that the show really does to show again how kind of larger than life uh, General Washington is and how how much responsibility he is and how much the rebellion is really relying upon him. And just like, oh, what else does he have to do? Everything. Everything. He is the rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> he is the rebellion. But yeah, so wrapped up in a nice little package for us, so hopefully we'll find out more if the letter makes it or what happens with all that coming up in the future weeks. So let's move right along. Back to the town? No, we're not going back to town oh, yet. Man. No, we're There's saving so that for the end. That's, the, that's the best part. That's we gotta save it. Okay, okay, save it. The meat and the potatoes are for the end. We're just <laughs> tossing the salad and potatoes. having some pickles. <laughs> we're fine. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, our good friend Major John Andre. Oh, oh. John Andre. <laughs> so great to have him back. He, he was our, our creepy fill-in this week. So no Simcoe to be like weird. So now we've got John Andre him just and being up to no good. Creepy. Yeah, Hewlett is pretty good. Creepy. Yeah, yeah. he is. But, like, how smart, though, um, with what John Andre had planned, like, he had this whole facade that they had going on. It's like Like, a plot within a plot. (laughs) It's like Inception. We're going to tip into (laughs) our dreams. Yeah, I think a couple of episodes ago, I thought that she was going to be, like, I thought she was a spy working with the rebels to learn stuff from him. But she's actually, yeah, Philomena's actually a spy for him. Mm-hmm. So that turned. <laughs> well, there's still plenty of time yeah, in this season. Yeah. She could, we've already seen that she has great acting ability mm-hmm. with uh, the show that no! she put on. Ow! Ow! <laughs> that was hilarious. That was probably my favorite moment this entire yeah. episode was just, just seeing her, her screaming car. and she's just like collecting all her winnings going, winning. no! <laughs> um, but we've seen that she's a good actress, and she could very well be playing John Andre um, in the same way that she played General Charles Lee. I think this is an testament, though, to what a lot of the plot has to do with with women, where they have a lot of times talked down the power of women. But yet at the same time, we saw in this episode, Philomena had the huge influence on everything that happened with her and that situation, and she's going to play a bigger influence, I think, later, plus the situation with Mary and all the women, mm-hmm. how these six women started a riot, essentially. Yeah, the, these women incited the town almost to the point of revolt. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we're going to see that more with Anna here in the coming weeks as well when she returns. Because we didn't have her no, this no, week as well. No, no, nobody week. went to the bar this week. They were busy <laughs> revolting. Busy. revolting. <laughs> they were having an eternity uh, of how long. Quilting parties. You know, <laughs> digging up. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I don't know about Save you it. guys. I have alcohol at all my quilting parties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's giggle and talk. So what did you guys think about uh, Charles Lee in the, that whole situation? I... I think it's very interesting what John Andre has planned. I thought it was funny to see General Lee, you know, basically walk right into this trap and play right into their hands exactly how John Andre was expecting it. Um, I don't know what to think about him as a character yet. It I just, feel... he Right now, he just kind of seems like a pawn in Andre's scheme, and that's exactly what he's planning on. Um, Andre wants to build him up to be this great hero um, and send him back to the rebels so that he can take over for General Washington and then eventually... 
um, bring about the surrender of the rebels to reconcile the like, crown and the colonies. He's giving him this kind of false power, offering some sort of false exactly. deference. And- but basically, that's going to allow Andre to cause the surrender, which is going to make him look awesome. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he's now going to be a lord or something amazing yeah. if that goes down the well, way he Well, he'll plans. have ended a war. Spoiler alert. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I mean, maybe. We don't, we don't know. This plan is, doesn't work. What are you basing your This is fiction on? adjacent, so it could work <laughs> yeah. for a time being. We'll find out in coming weeks. Unless uh, they still hold the power and we just don't know it. Deep down inside. <laughs> nope, never mind. As we're, drinking, <laughs> we're sitting here drinking tea. <laughs> Damn you, British This was here. <laughs> no, and... Uh, uh, the thing that I like and dislike about Andrew, uh, John Andre and also Hewlett, I feel like they're kind of like the stereotypical villain British soldier. <laughs> like both of them are sort of like conniving and same with Simcoe. That, that's just sort of like, I think as Americans, that's our, our stereotyped major. Well, prior to this week, I didn't feel that way about Right, Hewlett. and I, I haven't either. I, I love Hewlett because, you know, he again, he just seemed somebody who was very prim and proper, very like, you know, the rules are the rules. And I, I like characters like that, flawed as they may be. Um, I, I like seeing characters like that, so when I see Hewlett, I'm like, oh, I can immediately connect with that character because I like that trope. But this this one, it, it felt a little bit more like you said, a little bit more stereotypical. Um, but to be fair, there is rationale behind his plan in this one, and yeah. we can get to that one. And that's what I mean. That. Like, I sort of just like at the same time, I really do like it. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, it's great because you can always count on them to have that rationale mm-hmm. where they, you know, most of them were gentlemen or lords or some kind of power. That's why they have these high ranking titles, and they have always been groomed to be gentlemen and they have class and they will go out about a thing a certain way all the time because that's how they've been taught. I will say that I, I don't think um, John Andre was a stereotypical oh, no, red no, coat no. this no. time around. Um, I think it's a brilliant strategy. It's a strategy that doesn't involve, you know, it doesn't involve a lot of bloodshed. You know, obviously there's still going to be a lot of battles and everything like that. But it's a way to kind of appease people without actually appeasing them. And if it doesn't work, no one will know. Exactly. That's the other thing. He's not putting himself in a situation where he's going to end up deader in trouble. So. Yeah. so it was a very smart plan. I don't know. I thought so, too. And going back to seeing his character kind of different from before, it just plays more plays again on like the development of characters and how he just became this more ruthless leader but again not for a reason that like we have like that we have to hate you know exactly it's something Yet. that we as viewers Yet. can understand as opposed to something that we're like you're evil and yeah. you know there's absolutely no reason yeah. behind it he's a tactical villain exactly which are the best but Tactical I, villains are the best. And and it, things could go wrong, of course. And I know that Richard did mention that he has military inexperience. Um, with when, Hewlett? With yeah. Hewlett, yeah. yeah. Hewlett has mil- military inexperience. And who knows that maybe his plan will just go completely wrong. He's not foreseeing what could happen with this. Or I don't know. With, line, with yeah. what's going to happen with the townspeople and yeah. how he's trying to control their hearts and minds, if you will. Yeah. So I like to see the town become... A more violent character in <laughs> all this. Yes, pitchforks, torches, yeah. and so far, like this hasn't really been that kind of show. Like yeah. you expect a show, you know, about the American Revolution to have more violence and fighting, and it's been very much plots and plans and limited fighting. You know, occasionally here and there we've had some gunshots and one or two people getting killed, but for the most part, we have had a very tame war. 
Well, because the, it's not about the the show isn't right, right. about life on the front lines. It's right. about these spies, and you know, there's a lot of plotting and a lot of talking and a lot of whispering and a lot of conversations that go into spy work. You know, there's the occasional. There's the, there's violence, obviously, because this is a war. But again, that's not the focus of this show. And I'm okay with that not being the focus of this show because what they give us instead is really interesting and really, you know, again, we get a lot of character development. Yeah, and they talk, too, about the town and Satake and how, kind of how far away it is as yeah. well. And I think that is being represented then because if there's nothing nearby to threaten them, then why would they need that? So right. they're going to continue to not have any battles there, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. hopefully. Until there's a riot. Well, that's the whole idea with the tombstones, but keep going. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, that's where I was going. I'm waiting until we get to the town. I don't oh, want to bring okay. you to it no, okay. the meat and the potatoes. Okay. Before we get into the town, we'll, we'll go there next, I promise. Okay. We're, we're moving right along to the town. First off, I want to talk about iTunes. Oh. Yeah. It's my favorite part of the show Let's when we talk it. about the iTunes. <laughs> guys, thanks for tuning in, and we appreciate you guys being here and listening to us, tweeting at us, giving us questions and comments and concerns, and loving the show, because we love the show. That's why we're here. So the best thing you can do to help us out is to go on iTunes, check out the show, give us a five-star rating, tell us what you think, leave us comments. Um, I don't have an iPhone, so I didn't read any of the comments on <laughs> iTunes to read to people this week. Did anyone else? Anyone? Yeah. I have a Blackberry. No <laughs> I don't think any of us We've all iPhone. sold out on you, Apple. Either. Yeah. Weird. But iTunes <laughs> is awesome because I do that on my music there and I listen to all the podcasts from AfterBuzz TV. Uh, so that's what you can do. Check us out. And also, if you want to go on YouTube and leave us comments... I yeah. always am and on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do we'll do shout outs um, for iTunes next week. Well, we, we promise yes. we'll yeah. go and take we'll a look. Yes, for those. we will shout that out. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us anything you want. Yeah. Tell me your favorite color. Oh, please, God, please, please tell him. Blue. Blue. Everyone tweet him your favorite. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Actually, I would love that. I would reply to everybody. Blue or red? Let us know. I, I love when I get messages on Twitter. Like I Twitter at everybody all the time. I was like, hey, what's going on? And just have conversations. And so I like to live tweet during the shows as well when we're watching it. It's, you know, it's a specific time here. But anyway, iTunes, all that. Also, if you want to watch more of the AfterBuzz shows besides iTunes, you can also get them on our AfterBuzz app, which is awesome. It's great because it has all the shows. You can favorite them. So yeah, yeah, you can so go you to can them. Stay up to date. Yeah. You can favorite them. You can go to them so quickly. Last night I like was burning through a bunch of my favorites list, just checking some stuff out. It's so much easier than like searching on on YouTube because yeah, it's like it's it shows easy. you the newest one right on top. It's great as opposed to like and the number of too. So you know, yeah. oh, there it is. So you know we're on episode four. Hey! Eternity, how long? <laughs> so I've got one more thing to tell everybody at home before we go any farther. Before we talk about the town, <laughs> do okay. it. All right, let's talk about Amex, American Express. Roya, tell us what you got. Oh, well, hi, guys. I have a lovely thing for you. <laughs> Let's listen to it, shall we? Let's. Oh, yes. My name is Yvonne Saravia, and I am a home health aide. My credit score was very high. It was like 700-something. Then I had like a hiccup in my finances. Everything just whoo, crashed. But I don't crawl under a rock and cry. It takes baby steps to get back. So that, that's what I am doing. With American Express Serve, you have a full-service prepaid account that helps you handle your money simply and affordably. There's no credit check. You can pay your bills online and reload cash for free at over 15,000 locations, all for $1 a month and all backed by the 24-7 service of American Express. This is what membership is. This is what membership does. Get started with an American Express Serve card at CVS Pharmacy or Family Dollar today. Terms and restrictions apply. Go to serve.com for more details. Okay, so 
Before we talk about Abe and Rich, no, I'm just kidding. We can talk about Abe and Rich now. I know Dylan's over here, like, jumping out of his chair. He's, talk, he's about to walk out. I'm out. Let's talk about, so this is the meat and potatoes of the plot this week, was Abe and Richard's big ordeal in the town. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's I, I was, wait, I was waiting for you to jump in. I feel like you had, like, you was burning this desire. I, was just, I didn't, I was making sure you didn't have anything else to say. Um, Dylan, go ahead. Why don't you just lead us in? Okay, let's do it. Done. Um, I really liked the start when they were talking uh, they were standing over the gravestone. It was a father, son. They were standing over the other son slash brother gravestone. And, you know, he was about to read him a quote. And he says, no, nah, that wasn't his favorite quote. He really liked this part. And liked Galatians. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's like, well, you knew him better because you were a brother. But it was a real touching moment because even um, his wife chimes in and she's like, I barely met him, barely knew him, but he was a great guy. And just everything they say leads him up to be like he he must have been a great guy. Yeah, yeah. and um Abe even mentioned that when their mother died when they were really oh, yeah. young that was good. um that his brother was able to comfort him by saying, you know, whatever sprouts from the dirt is a sign she'll always be with you. Mm-hmm. And Abe is using that now to talk about, you know, Thomas's passing and say that, you know, this in this way, you know, he will always be with us still. No, it's good because I think that moment bonded the father and son a little bit more because you're seeing them it seemed like they were tugging at each other for a while and now they're getting closer and closer but then yeah, they still week, tug but this week definitely I felt like there was a lot of growth in their, yeah, their character yeah. development and definitely. them getting closer because Abe really kind of went to bat for his father this week and yeah, really, he like he's like listen I know this is a terrible idea and I'm trying to help you and this is what you should do so he, well, it's it's really tough to say. I, I think their back and forth is going to continue I in the so series too. just with the way this episode ended. Um, but yes, this this intro scene was a really, really touching moment. And we see that, you know, at the end of the day, no matter no matter the politics, they're still a family. Mm-hmm. And that was his favorite passage as well from Galatians. No, he's just yeah. Oh, yeah. Come yeah. to think of it. Come, come to think favorite. of it. I like that Galatians. That was mine too. as well. I'm glad I too that... prefer Galatians. <laughs> Going back to Abe and Richard's relationship, I'm glad that Abe was, you know, as much as his father's attitude towards him can discourage him and make him feel like Thomas was the favorite, and he probably was. He probably was. But I liked Abe's persistence in, in ensuring his father that, you know, he's trying to help him. He's there to defend him. He's there for his dad, no matter what he decides to do. Or he's trying to make sure he makes the right decision. Um, so I liked that growth in their relationship. Yeah, uh, you know, when they're arguing, he's like, I'm not defending the rebels, I'm defending yeah. you. Like, yeah. you, you know, you're what's important to me. And I think, too, the the thing that, like, I see a lot in these episodes is the effort that Abe is putting in. Because, like, every son wants approval from his father. And everyone, you know, wants that, especially from parents. And since they don't have anyone else, really, I mean, his brother's dead and he has a wife that he doesn't really like. And he's kind of forced to marry and their mother's gone. So that he doesn't have anybody that he can really, like, try to get approval from and that he looks up to. And so I feel like he's really, really trying to get that approval at all costs, even if it's kind of putting himself. And I wonder if later down the line that might cause a problem. Like, yeah. there might be something that he'll do that where he's trying to police his father that's going to cause more he, issues than it's worth. He's going to have to make a choice. It's going to come down to that. Definitely. Yeah, eventually, um, I feel like there's going to be some sort of irrevocable, irrevocable, if I could talk, (laughs) irrevocable rift between the two, between either Abe and his friends, you know, the rebels that he's, you know, fighting for, or with his father, you know, who is his family, and I... I think he's probably going to lean more towards the rebels. Yeah. Dude, who doesn't choose Caleb in that situation? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easy every day, every day, all day. Because that's what bearded men do: we stand up for each other. 
Yes. Girl, his, his grow a beard. Big, if you grow a beard, you can get promoted. Oh, that, all right. That, <laughs> done. Just keep it growing. Already well on your way. Yeah. Just keep it going. I shaved like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the top of the hand. So the major point of this this plot here is that Major Hewlett wants to move the cannons into a position that's better for the defense of the town. Uh, they need a garrison, they need a quarry to support this, and they need to kind of bury the cannons. So his idea is to basically break up the tombstones, use them as rubble and rock to help you know, support the cannons so that when they're fired, they're not going to well, break it, and also make a shield. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't necessarily to, to break them up, to use as rubble. He wanted them to use as full tombstones um, to sort of... Um, Again, as shield, uh, but intact because of what he says at the end of the episode. It's hard to fire upon a tombstone. So, like, because it means a lot to people. It's sacrilege to sort of desecrate. He's hoping that the other people won't fire at them. Yeah, exactly. He's like, if that if it's that hard to give them up, you know, it's going to be that hard for people to fire upon them as well. You know, I I mean, I know what he's trying. That's his rationale. Yeah. You get up there and you're in the middle of a war and you're like, what are those things guarding the cannons? <laughs> Tombstones? Uh, we surrender. Like, you're just not going to uh, shoot well. them. Shoot them. Well, and that's with the, the, the potential shielding of them. Usually when they had cannons in this period, they didn't really, like, fire and explode. They kind of skipped the cannonball yeah, yeah, and yeah. T- try to take out people's legs. So they're hoping that they can cause damage by shooting at them. And the sh- these will hopefully shield the cannonballs. Yeah. They at least will- one. Or two, some, what was the one on limestone? Limestone and granite. Granite. Granite, yeah. granite and uh, slate was the other. The slate will break right apart, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right apart. Yeah. Go on. I felt like you had something to say. Uh, I was going to say, um, going back to what um, Hewlett was saying, how it would be really difficult for anyone to fire a tombstone. I feel like for the rebels, and I, I'm not a huge history person, and watching this, I'm learning a lot of stuff, but. Uh, from what I think would be the perspective of the rebels is they're kind of fighting for the people and for their freedom. So True. they would have that sympathy. Yeah. And they probably wouldn't surrender, but they would probably find another way right. to go around not having to shoot the, the at in that well, direction. And there's also the fear of sacrilege, too. You know, they Richard exactly. brings it up, the yeah. point, you know, um, above all else, there's God. And if you're doing something that's an act of desecration against God, you know, that takes precedent above all else. That's not, that's not a sin like break, you know, it's not like breaking the law that's committing a sin. And that, you know, again, the worst God the worst. is a little bit higher than the laws and constructs and of that's, man. And so. That's where we get the title this week as well. Mm-hmm. Eternity, how long? And that's the funny thing about religion is no matter what side you're on, you're fighting for God. <laughs> so that's weird. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Well, not necessarily. The rebels in, are gonna be like, "We're fighting for God." The other guys are like, "We're fighting same, for God." Not in the same way. You're you're making it sound like it's a religious feud, and that's not it. No, because- but they both use it to um, instill fear and um, you know control over their people. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. On both sides. On both sides. <laughs> I was seeing if this was going to get heated up here. This felt like a religious battle was no, about to start. No. Just saying that it, that's how it, like, he's saying, like, you know, one, um, Richard is preaching saying this is, you know, God wants you to sacrifice and, you know, put what you hold most dearest first. Um, but I bet on the other side, they're saying the same thing, well, you know. you know, Hewlett made the point earlier that God, you know, he quote he quoted Romans 
and said that, you know, the powers that be were elected by God and that our king in turn was was put there by God and that he was put in his place by their king. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, kind of inferring that his word is the word of God. And that's where we get a lot of problems. It's right. like, uh, you're going on a little bit of a power a trip here. there a little bit. Uh, <laughs> that's really stretching it. But, um, but yeah, it is one of those things where religion is used to, you know, as a, as a means to justify an end. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that that can be used in, in really not so morally, <laughs> not so morally sound ways. Right. So. And I think, too, uh, with talking about the people in the town a little bit, too, this is still early on in the revolution in the aspect of the, the time frame that it's taken place. And I don't – at this point, a lot of people, like, weren't really in on either side. They were just defending their homes, and they just wanted to keep living their lives, and they wanted things to stay the same. Yeah, the townspeople. The, t- yeah. the townspeople, yeah, because yeah, they haven't – you know, the conflict hadn't escalated to the point that it does in the 1780s. Um, and I, I think that we're seeing of the people. They don't really care about the war. They don't really care about what's going on. They just really want to keep living well, their lives. Yeah, I, and they don't really want to take sides, or they, they're not interested in that. They just want have, to have peace amongst themselves. Well, and really, if we're looking at it um, numerically, only about a third of Americans were were actually rebels. Everybody else was just kind of like... There. Yeah, they, they were either loyal to the British or, yeah, they were just like, we just want to go about our lives. Or if they were loyal, they just said they're loyal and didn't do anything at all and just kind of kept mm. living their lives like normal, so... Exactly. Rebel! <laughs> I a rebel, yeah! I would have been a rebel. I do want to see the town come together more and become more of a character in the show. I thought they were, it was really cool to see yeah, all like of a them group, as a, a collective unit. town. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we have Martin, the, the new apparent voting I leader. I like Martin. <laughs> I like him. Hey, he was just trying to protect the I know the where he's coming you know? from. Right. I, I, I understood. Some people probably looked at him like, oh, that guy's a jerk. But I actually no. liked Lucinda. Yeah, like a little Lucinda bit. Um, at first, I was really annoyed because, um, you know, Mary had. had told um when abe had asked her not to so at first i'm super annoyed um but then you know when we actually get to see lucinda and richard like sit down and have a chat together i loved her she's like look this is a bad plan and you know it and i'm not doing anything to support a really bad plan you you figure this out yourself and i love that she just let him talk for like five minutes before she was like no. <laughs> no thanks. She all time. You're not you're not, not convincing like, me. And again, she is a woman in the show who who displayed some sort of power or she made Richard sway his decision or made him think about what he was going to well, do. And actually this is really subtle, but he said that, you know, the tombstones would only be used with the consent of the heads of the family. And he went to her mm-hmm. for consent. That says a lot about her as a matriarch. Like she he didn't go to like her grandson or her son or whoever would be, you know, considered the head of the family after her husband There's passed away. He went to her. Yeah. And so I I think that speaks volumes about her and her character, even if we don't end up seeing much of her in the show. I really I liked so. that. I, I wonder if they have some sort of system in place where they have elders in the town. The town elders. Like, I, I wondered if she was maybe like one of the town elders that had been in, you know, had been there, and that was part of the reason he went to her because she was influential, regardless of yeah. Female they're, or male. they're um, well, they didn't say anything about like a group of elders or anything right. like that, but he said specifically that her family was held in really high regard. Which means they've probably been there the longest. Yeah, because they were talking about when he was talking about the tombs that wouldn't be chosen. There were the original town folk tombs that wouldn't be touched. That was probably her, and it might have been part of her family. Yeah, or families that have been there since the town was started. Right, because mm-hmm. we don't really have. 
a semblance of history of the town in the aspect they haven't talked about it. It doesn't seem like it's a town that's really maybe maybe it's old, but it's always been small because in the entire history of this town, there are only 147. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. The 147 yeah. tombstones. So it's either hasn't been there a very long time, or it's always been small and people leave. Well, there's a lot of old people walking around too, <laughs> which is weird for back then. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking that when Richard was was drunk, right when what? he was when he was reading all those books and everything. Oh. It's like he, he's old. <laughs> he's not that old. Well, he's okay. old for back then. That's, That's real. That well, life, life was very very short back then. Yeah. Um, so it is and harsh. It really was. Yeah, like the fact that. Um, I mean, if you were like 30, you were an old man. Jeez. Well, yeah, if you made it to your 20s and you weren't married, like a young lady would be considered an a old spinster. maid. Yeah. yeah, she's a spinster. All right, let's talk <laughs> some more about this plot that's going on here with uh, Richard. And basically, you know, we see that he has a decision to make where he gives him the option. You can either let Appleton pick the tombs or you can pick them. It doesn't really matter. They're going to get picked either way. Well, yeah, and he gives until morning. Well, yeah. he, he ends up getting three days. Well, well he gave yeah. him three days, but then when um, when the town like showed up at their doorstep, he gave him till morning. And I get the idea of him wanting to t- do it himself because he was thinking, okay, if, if I just let him do it, the whole town's gonna go crazy. They're gonna, everyone's gonna get murdered. This is gonna suck. Maybe if I do it, I can take the heat. I can ration with people and, and they you know, know reason him with and people. Trust him. And also, yeah. he could up. I think he said pick people that would make the least amount of yeah you know, fuss, fuss yeah. about it. Yeah. Hmm. So then they would not, you know, maybe people that didn't necessarily but care. But did, or, with those rules, make it to where his family didn't have to get picked? Which a little was bit. Kinda, yeah. I mean, if he was going to do it, he should have probably offered well, up the first one, which you would, you would he do turns the out same, to, I yeah. think. Exactly. You know? exactly. Anyone in his position would do the same, would accept that immunity. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's a little, um, but he made the immunity. That's different than no, accepting Hewlett it. No, Hewlett left. He, Hewlett put that on the table as like the very first part of the terms and conditions like, yeah. is that your, your family, family is would. exempt, of course. Well, right. But then he wrote like these town exemptions that he was going to tell to everyone. And that, to me, was kind of hypocritical to be like, well, uh, well, my family falls into these list of uh, special. <laughs> yeah, no women, that I no made. children, no historic elders, no people that have died in battle. Yeah, yeah he was oh, trying man, to make it so that you know it, it, it seemed less. Shady that battle. his family yeah. right. was exempt. So basically, men between the ages of eighteen and thirty-four <laughs> who, who died. Just, yeah, but for no reason. Yeah, it's a town of what 147 uh, tombstones, and he's like ruling out women, children, and uh, people that's, who died. There's 138 Who's tombstones yeah, gone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There are left. literally only ten left. <laughs> yeah. So by process of elimination. <laughs> This is what we have. Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's what he was trying to do, is trying to eliminate all these categories so that there could only be 10 that they were taking to use as he assumes. I wonder how many they end up getting, because we saw more than half the town, assuming that was all the town. I bet they're going to use all of them. I think, I, I think because he showed that leadership, and everyone, you know, liked that he was taking that, that he was owning that decision, I think at least more than half of them would have d- followed his and and I footsteps. even even though it was you know even though it didn't you know incite the town to a full on rebellion and you know even though we were able to calm you know um the revolt 
Uh, it was very interesting, at least from Richard's, you know, looking at Richard's character development, to see him not be hypocritical because we've seen him make choices in the past where it was really contradictory or really selfish. Like last week, you know, calling dibs on Anna's crops and, you know, basically selling them to the highest bidder when they weren't his to sell yet. Um, you know, that was pretty hypocritical and like reconciling with Abe and then and mm-hmm. Anna being an... So we've seen a lot of kind of hypocrisy from this character before, and to see him finally set that aside and take responsibility, even though, again, even though, like, you know, we want to see the town rebel, it was it was very interesting to see that pro- progression anyway. Mm-hmm. I have a question then that I would like to pose oh based on that topic that we just covered. When the tombstone is being unearthed, we see Abe standing towards the back and towards the side. He doesn't join in to anything that's happened. And we've kind of seen him in conflict this whole episode about digging up the tombstones in general. And that was something he was against from the start and told his father the entire time. So do you think that this is going to play an influence in the relationship? Because I felt like at this point, Richard took a step forward in doing something that was unselfish, like you said, and took a step towards something that could potentially grow the relationship. But I feel like Abe maybe took a step back Mm -hmm. because he didn't like the decision that was being made. Yeah, when when Abe went to go talk to him, he thought that his father was going to stand up to Hewlett or, you know, stand beside Hewlett but make him convince Hewlett that not doing not digging up the tombstones was a was a good idea to make it, you know, to to somehow talk Hewlett into thinking like it was his idea, um, you know, in the same mm-hmm. way that Abe had talked his father into doing it. When when he walked over and started digging up Thomas's tombstone, that was the exact opposite of what Abe thought. And, and his that's what I, I'm, I guess I'm posing is because of that. Do you think that now this is going to cause more tension? Oh, totally, absolutely. I mean, Abe didn't want to see his dad digging up his brother's grave like that. Yeah, and he looked—he just looked pissed off, like he was like, "No," I and think- he and the whole town was doing it. Like he. Looks pretty. Yeah, he was one of the few people that didn't join in 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 the doing. Because he, well, I think he saw like my dad just tricked this whole town into doing this. Like, holy crap! I think he was disappointed. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, definitely disappointed that his dad didn't do what he thought he would do. Like, because you know, Abe gave him this advice and told him to stand up for himself and whatnot. But I think he still knows that his dad didn't want to do any of this. And in order to the way the way Richard convinced everyone to do it was really I don't know how to explain it. It was it, manipulative. It, 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 it was, was manipulative, but it it didn't cause anything to happen with the town. Like mm-hmm. everyone followed his lead, he was being an example and he wasn't being a hypocrite. So Exactly. It was it was manipulative. It was manipulative but, but heartfelt. Exactly. <laughs> In a weird and way. I think, heartfelt manipulation. Oh yes. <laughs> And I think Abe is conflicted with this, but again, he knows his dad doesn't didn't want to do it to begin with. I don't think he's going to. I don't want to say well, that there's going to be conflict between them. I'm well, going to answer it what, that way. What it was was he <laughs> thought that he and his father were going to pull the wool over Hewlett's eyes, and yeah. instead, his father pulled the wool over the town's eyes instead. That's a lot of wool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that seemed like the plot. Like as they were talking when they were in the study, the idea was you know the old rule politics: if you can't beat them, lead them kind of thing where he was going to take control of the town and lead them in this revolt and basically convince Hewlett that this is a bad idea because they have the, the power of numbers. Right. Good old democracy. <laughs> Getting the votes. Mm-hmm. But that totally backfired on Abe, I think, yeah. in the opinion of 
when the tombstone started getting dug up. And again, he didn't join in. And I think we saw Abe like looking optimistic when his father was talking. Yeah. But then as he continued to talk and start telling the story and, you know, he started quoting the Bible, talking about Abraham, you know, sacrificing his son. Go on. I know, oh, no. Just I, um, burning when, in there. I see it. <laughs> when when Richard started was using that, um, the story of Abraham and Isaac, you know, to talk about, um, you know, the need for sacrifice and putting the, you know, the needs of others before yourself. That terrified me because he said, you know, Abraham brought up Isaac to the mountain um, because it was God's will. I was sitting here cringing because it's like, oh, my gosh, Abraham has a son in turn. And he's, it's this story about how a father thinks he's going to have to sacrifice his son to appease God. And so I'm sitting here cringing, going, no, I don't want anything. Like, I don't want Abe to have to make, to feel like he has to make that same sacrifice at some point. So it wasn't anything. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to no, interrupt. <laughs> It oh, was he just, will. It was he just... will have to turn against his family. Oh. <laughs> Listen, puns are the lowest form of comedy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> They're funny. <laughs> See? Back to your heartfelt <laughs> speech about Abraham and Isaac, please. But, um, but it was in getting that... too heartfelt. <laughs> but in that story, Abraham didn't end up having to sacrifice Isaac. So I hope that... I, like I said, I just hope that Abe doesn't feel like he has to be put into that position at one point. I hope that's not foreshadowing. But if it is foreshadowing, it's brilliant. I mean, I don't see why it like it makes sense to me. Like, he's going to have to choose between his family. We already talked about how he's going to have to choose between his father and the rebellion. And probably his family. Because you think his wife's going to go along with, like, his spy ring and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. She can right. keep a secret. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's going to have to make a choice one day. And yeah. he might... Have to lose his if, son and wife. I wonder if the Abraham and Isaac story was sort of I, maybe if it's not foreshadowing, maybe it was just to illustrate that Richard was sacrificing his son's yeah. tombstone. Willingness exactly. to sacrifice. Yeah, it, it represented a rift also um, between you know he by doing this he might also be sacrificing his, his relationship, relationship with, with Abraham. Abraham. So that's yeah. true. But um, but yeah, I like I like what you pointed out that it might not be foreshadowing that it's actually just uh, illustrating I, I would what like he's it to doing. Be foreshadowing <laughs> some drama. Well, he does regardless sacrifice yeah. the tombstone, and that's what's important because that basically unites the town. The part that I want to talk about now did did any of you see it coming at the end when Appleton and Major Hewlett are standing on the porch talking about the entire time that it wasn't even about the tombstones. The reason that he did this was about. You know, controlling the hearts and minds of the town. The tombstones are totally irrelevant to anything that he has planned. He doesn't care. I I was surprised at how much thought went into the decision to use the tombstone because this entire episode, like like we were talking it's about a, earlier, it seems it seems like it's just sort of a stereotypical, um, you know, red coat decision. You know, in terms of like media it just seems like oh i'm doing this because i'm it's power yeah it's power and everything like that but like he actually put a lot of thought into and reasoning into why this was a good decision not only to incite the town to their cause but also you know to literally have a shield against the you know rebel rebels in the case of attack so I I was really surprised when he was talking to Appleton and explaining his reasoning. Yeah. I was like, oh, because we were that's s- smart. I, I was convinced, and again, after Richard said that 
um, Hewlett isn't very experienced. I was convinced that this was just kind of an, an empty decision. Like, maybe it would, maybe it is the best strategy to put the cannons there, but that, I thought that was it. Well, they said he was inexperienced with war, right? War, yeah. So, but he seems very experienced with yeah, psychological warfare. And the thing about that to consider... Is. That could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah. Because this mm-hmm. and this could be that the reason they made the comment about not having that experience, this could have ended in a riot. These people could have killed every single one of those soldiers and Hewlett could have been dead. So I mean Well, there was a lot of psychoanalysis going yeah. on yeah, in this episode. We have Caleb and um Ben, you know, analyzing what they think General Scott is going to do. And then we have Richard and Abe sitting here and psychoanalyzing Hewlett. And then we have Hewlett psychoanalyzing Richard and the entire town. And John Andre also psychoanalyzing as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we, we have an entire episode where people are psychoanalyzing one another. Psychological warfare. They're trying to figure <laughs> out what really they're going to do while they're yeah. figuring out what they're going to do. Well, it's it's like sitting down and I know they were playing checkers earlier, but it's like sitting down and playing chess and Figuring out where your opponent is going mm-hmm. to put the piece. Before so, they do it. Right. Based exactly. on the logical thought process. Knowing your opponent's next move. Always being one step ahead. Exactly. And good. And that, that does, as I stutter out, that's a great <laughs> thing for this show because we're getting a lot of really smart characters. Now if we have characters that are analyzing what other characters are going to do, who's going to end up outsmarting who becomes the question. Yeah. Who's going to end up being the smartest person in the room? Because essentially somebody has to lose. Washington. <laughs> George Washington. Spoiler you're alert. My, you're my number one. <laughs> you're my number one guy. Dollar bill kind of guy. <laughs> okay. Do we do we have more we need to talk about? On... We didn't talk about we Mary. To... Yeah. And her gossip and her inability to keep secrets. Well, we 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 glanced over it, but what we didn't mention is that f- this is this is the first episode where we've seen Mary and Abe be intimate in any uh, way. An attempt to be intimate. A- attempt, yeah. But he attempt still it. didn't want it. Yeah, he didn't want <laughs> it. She right. wanted a baby. She was like, oh. Well, and it was nice yeah. because he had told that touching story, and that's what made her kind of turn yeah. on a little bit. Like, like, oh. Based on, because she talked about how Thomas was upfront about his family, and that what what's what made her want to be part of their family. Yeah. Because yeah. how, how high he talked about And them. she wanted her son to have a brother like he did. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think know. at the same time, yeah, like that was her like reasoning. But I think you're right. Where like she, she was using that as a reason, but she really was just trying to reconnect with her husband because you know last week she found out about the the other girl. And she asked mm-hmm. him about that. Yeah, but yeah. she didn't. But she didn't come out and say. You know, if you're thinking yeah, of Anna, she didn't say. Yeah. It. She but wanted she, him to she say it. danced around yeah. it, and even even when they were trying to be intimate, she's like, "I can be anything you want to be, and uh, you want yeah. me to be." Because of everything that she said and done, I think so far she's my least favorite character on the show. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know she she's. She wants all these good things for her life and for her husband and everything, but there's just so much that she's failing to do. I'm just like, what? Yeah, my least favorite character is the baby. Man, that baby does <laughs> nothing. Actually, I like the baby better than Mary. I, think, so. <laughs> I mean, she, it's nothing against the actress, but it's just you know Mary's character right now is just kind of. I feel a lot of empathy for her in her situation, but yeah, it is kind of frustrating because you're like. There's there's a lot yeah. of potential with um with being you know Abe's wife with being our protagonist you know with exactly. somebody who's so close and it just kind of seems like they're using her as dramatic fodder instead of actually treating her yeah. like uh, her own character where she can contribute 
you know, to what? I'm you just, guys are sniggering over there. We're laughing at dramatic fodder. Yes. Go I was on. laughing at dramatic fodder. <laughs> we love your word choice, like, actually. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, it, uh, like I said, I, in, it feels more like they're using her as a plot device than as a f- yeah. character who's really going to have an impact on the story. Yeah, but we still see that she may... I, I talked about this last week, that something may happen with Anna, something with Aspiring. There could be a part for her yet. Oh, totally. Because... Obviously, we talked about the women and their influence. Mm-hmm. She but could right, step up, but right, yeah, right now, right there's now. nothing. <laughs> just a loose cannon. With a loose Abe mouth. Know, does Abe know that she confronted Anna and no. falsely no. accused her of no. cheating on her husband? As far as we know, husband? unless there was a conversation that happened off screen, Probably no, not. yeah, nothing. That, they would show that. that. That's something that's relevant that they would. So show. he doesn't know that that she isn't that she's someone who can. That she's someone who cannot control, like what she's thinking and all that stuff. Well, no, we saw her step it up last week when she did confront Anna. Like I actually, really, even though she was wrong and that she guided, but she, yeah. Did, yeah, she didn't confront her with something that was, you know, correct. It yeah, was just she just likes to, she just like picks and picks and picks until. You know, something terrible happens, like the town <laughs> ganging up on Richard. So. Well, you know, we're going to find out, I think, in the coming weeks what happens with everybody. Because oh. we've got more episodes left. <laughs> but before we go into next week, let's talk about next week. Who has predictions? Before we go into next week. You like that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I love it. <laughs> it's like this creepy, scary noise. Um... Joyce, what do you think is going to happen next week? Tell me some predictions. I am going to, to disagree with your idea that Richard and Abe are going to butt heads. I think somewhere down the line in the season, Richard is going to side with Abe, or maybe he'll find out he's the spy and understand why. And I think him and Abe will come together. Honestly, yeah. I, I think in the future it's just going to keep being this tennis match. They're going to keep going back and forth between them bonding and them being pulled apart. I, I, I genuinely think it's going to yeah. be like a pendulum. There will be like back that. and forth. But I think Richard is going to see what like, Hewlett and the Redcoats are doing and, and not want to be a part of that and associated with it anymore. Okay. Well, Dylan? Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Make, on, real make real quick, I, there was a bit in the preview that we were all shocked by. Um, Abe kisses Anna, and right. then she yes. pushes him away. So I think a lot of confessions are going to be made next week. Um, That's what I was going to say. I think what we were talking about before, about uh, knowing if Anna or his wife knows about Anna and they talk about it, I think they're going to talk about it this time. And we see it's the- all going to come out. We see Rogers is returning next week as well. Yes. So they showed him in the preview. He's and awesome. Washington's backside. Maybe. Well, they showed a bunch of boats. I don't know if it was for sure Washington. Maybe. Well, I mean, no, I mean, it we're, we're hoping. It wasn't in the boats. It was they showed like they were, like Washington. And he was, oh. like, yeah, he was walking. walking. We were so All excited awesome, at the like. prospect of seeing Just his yeah. Death. Yeah. Washington. We got excited about it. So, who so knows? if we actually get to see him next week, I think we're all going to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> no show next week because we're going to be busy crying about Washington. <laughs> Dollar bills, y'all. Um. <laughs> You know what? I want to know uh, where everyone can find more information about each and every single one of you. Lieutenant Megan Salinas. You can find me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. A special shout out for Kristen Carroll. You can find her on Twitter at Kristen Carroll13. And uh, you can also find me and her on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Captain Joyce that's on me. Tuesday nights. Captain Joyce, that's you. It's me. You guys can find me on Twitter at Azuri on Instagram at I-R-U-O-J-A, and on the Tuesday night Agents of Podcast. All right, Sergeant Dylan oh, Chance, a Battlefield right. Commission today. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dylan Chance or tonight on Cosmos. 
Ooh, yeah. And as always, you can find me at RyanHooks92 on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, on the YouTube. (laughs) I'm there all the time. Everywhere. Guys, thanks for tuning in to the Turn After Show. We will catch you next week when we get episode five. Cool. See you later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Bye. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.